Hello everyone, it's Thursday the 5th of August and welcome to episode 67 of the Kite Podcast with me, Will Evans. And me, Ben Eagle. It's the morning of the Gold Cup and so we're in Scotland, or at least Chris, Becky and today's guests are in Scotland. I'm still in Essex and Will is still in Wales, but for the purpose of this podcast, we are in Scotland. What better a time, therefore, to focus again on dairying north of the border? Uh, So, Who better to have with us today than Stuart Martin, who is Dairy Policy Manager at NFU Scotland, and Kite's very own David Keeley, who provides advice to dairy businesses across Scotland. Joining them at the Gold Cup is, of course, everybody's favourite dairy market analyst, Chris Walkland. Chris, it's over to you for the Milk Market Report to start us off. Yes, yes, live in Ayrshire. And I'm so excited to be at the Gold Cup later in front of real farmers. After 18 months of lockdown and not seeing a single one, I've forgotten what they are like. Tell me, David, are they the same shiny, happy people that they always were? (laughs) Happiness is all relative, Chris. Well, that's true. And for me, I've been on two dairy farms in two days. For an office and spreadsheet waller like me, I can't remember the last time I did that. And I'm also reunited with the third most important person in my life after my two dogs, my podcast bride. Lovely <laughs> <laughs> you look, Becky. As gorgeous in person as you are in the photograph on my bedside table next to John's, Will's and Ben's. <laughs> But I'm very worried today, I have to say, coming to the far north, because I've been warned that Scotland at this time of year is full of swarms of angry, irritated, bitey creatures that are prone to taking huge chunks out of the English for no good reason at all. But enough about Scottish dairy farmers. Becky, pass me the midge repellent, please. And Stuart, pass me the Mitchell, Christie, Kilpatrick and super concentrated double foster repellent. I might need lots of it to keep them at bay. But if they're out for my blood, they might want to listen to my market report first because it's a bit more positive for the first time in weeks. Although there was another fall on the GDT, it wasn't by much, just 1%. Um, It's the longest negative run now since March 2015. But is Europe land shrugging off the GDT gloom? Well, possibly. That's because many EU commodities have posted gains for the first time in several weeks. All of the official quotes from Germany, the Netherlands and France for whole milk powder and skim milk powder were up. And most significantly, perhaps Dutch butter increased for the first time in seven weeks. Not much, maybe 40 euros, but it's enough to break the run of losses. From a Farmgate point of view, it means the prices are turning back towards 28 after dropping nearer to 27p. A mile off, yes, where you need it to be with costs, but a turn in the market, if it is a turn, is a start. Also on the positive front, the futures had been slipping week on week through June and July, but they are showing some signs of positivity too. EU butter futures are up for two consecutive weeks and 4,000 euros, a key milestone 
is on the board for January. Prices between now and then are 3,950. So again, looking better. Skim milk powder futures, they're up for three weeks on the trot. And I think we'll all take that too. They're over two and a half thousand euros. Again, another key milestone. I think these moves could be significant, but one swallow doesn't make a summer, of course. In the cream, in the UK, sorry, cream is where it was at between 155 and 160. So no great shakes there. But I'm hearing there's a bit more demand. And spot milk, well, that's rallied again back to 33p as the effect of UK volumes dropping off markedly hits that market. Cheese as it is as it was in the UK, but again in Europe, things are looking a bit more stable. So that's it from me. I've got my Scottish dairy farmer repellent to put on now. But with a possible turn in the market, I'm not as worried as I was. Perhaps, like the midges, they'll leave me alone after all. What do you think, Stuart? Bye. Thank you, Chris. So it is, of course, the morning of the Gold Cup, as we mentioned in the intro, and we're focusing on Scotland today. The Gold Cup is, of course, not only an opportunity to get off farm, uh, especially after the last... Uh, 18 months we've had but it's an opportunity for dairy farmers to talk about where we are and where we're going. David what are the issues in everybody's minds at the moment and what will Scottish dairy farmers be talking about today? So welcome to Scotland um, um, where you find us in in the um, grips of a drought which is very unusual for Scotland. We've had drought for the last two two and a bit months we've not had any significant rainfall here um, I would say areas of the south um, from the, the Rins of Wigtonshire, Mackers of Wigtonshire, Kakubrishire, Dumfrieshire really burnt up. So it's a very unusual summer for us. Um, we did have not had any real significant rainfall, which is it's definitely impacting on milk flows. So I think that'll be at the top of everybody's agenda, as well as the shortage of grass for grazing cows um, and forage stocks. Um, we've got two or three decent cuts in the in the clamp, but it, it, what's there now is not growing, and that's going to have an impact if we don't get rain soon. Um, processors reported milk flows back significantly on what they were this time last year. So, yeah, it is having an impact with us. Um, that in combination with the fact that we've seen feed prices increase, approximately two pence a litre, um, when farmers came out of contract largely in April, feed market went up and took a, um, an increase. And I think that's having a, a, a dramatic impact on margins at the farm gate level. Um, so they've been reduced, although we have seen price rises, which have been very welcome. I think those price rises have largely been absorbed in the increased feed costs. Um, so that's 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 an issue, a fairly big issue. Um, I would say going forward into the winter, we're probably looking at a, a, um, you know, a protein market that's, that's looking like it could, could potentially be quite high cost for the winter, given the shortage of of soya in the world and the issues we've got with vegetable oil and the, the, the fact that we've got poor harvests uh, or drought conditions across across North America. So I think those would be the, th- the kind of key issues we were talking about. But on the side of that, I would say policy direction in Scotland. So Mary Gujan's now been in place as the minister for three months um, and has been had a plethora of reports, the climate change report that the Dairy Committee we've, we've, we've talked about on the podcast before has been submitted as a policy direction, but yet we've yet to see anything published by, by Scottish government on that. So we wait with bated breath to see where that's going. 
we know that's going to focus on carbon. We know that's going to focus on biodiversity. We know that's going to focus on pollution. So all these are going to be, uh, I think, challenges going forward for dairy farmers. So that's something else I would talk about. Um, and in Scotland, I think um, with, within the companies, that the, the processes that we have up here, there hasn't been a real availability or recruitment of any producers. So if you are with the processor that you're with, um, and if you lose your contract, it's not very easy to get another contract. Um, you've got to face the fact that you'll be probably sending your milk south of the border and you'll be paying for the haulage on that milk. And that is creating issues, um, I would say, among some people. So, yeah, yeah, it's not all good news. Um, Ian Potter once said, 20 years ago, at one of the first farm walks I did when I became a, a consultant, he said, the most important thing you have as a dairy producer is your contract and how right he was. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Stuart, welcome to the show. Um, from your point of view, what do you expect people to be talking about today? Yeah, morning, Will, and thanks for inviting me along today, and thanks to Kate for giving me the opportunity. I think the interesting thing, I think I'll cover a lot what David said, but I think what we're going to see at the Sloan's Farm and Gold Cup winners is a great opportunity for farmers to see best practice. And I think, you know, all the problems that we can have, I think there could be hopefully solutions in there. Um, you know, there's two certainties in life, um, taxis, death, and the other one is farmer talking about the weather, and that's what we're going to hear today. Um, yeah. I think, again, you know, all the challenges that they're not all obvious. The great thing about Scotland is we don't have a shortage of water, but we have a, a management problem of it. And again, it'd be quite interesting to see if the farmer has taken on um, any sort of issues there that could that could get around that. And again, it'd be quite interesting to see that, um, how, how we can maybe control the uncontrollable variable. Um, mm -hmm. As David said, legislation change in Scotland. Um, again, on a very small pragmatic level, we have the red tractor version five standards that I think are starting to fall in doormats last week, this week, um, which come into force on the 1st of November. Again, just something for farmers to think about. We have got impending sort of climate change legislation that will come around or, or, or issues around legislation and linked it to single farm payment. And we'll wait to see where that goes. And again, another significant consultation that Scottish government had earlier in the year was around the management of slurry and silage. Mm -hmm. And um, if that doesn't go the right way, and we saw that perhaps with sort of NVZ in Wales, that it could have implications for farmers in Scotland. And I think the, the one to pick up on is, is labour. Um, and we're, we're seeing that across sectors all over the UK in, in various supply chains. Um, it's hitting hard on dairy farms uh, in Scotland. And I think that's because in the toolbox we had, we could get that foreign worker, we could get that friend of a friend over and they could do a great job. We, we've lost that. And again, I think what will be fascinating to see, we're going to see a great farm today utilising robots. It'll be really interesting to see how they've handled the, the labour situation. Hmm. David's already mentioned processing. Um, and we've spoken about processing capacity in Scotland uh, a few times on the show before, um, which must surely be a limiting factor for Scottish dairies yet. Um, do you think that that is a limiting factor or... Are there any other challenges that should be highlighted at the moment? I mean, again, you've, you've already mentioned some, but if can you perhaps go into a little bit more detail on the processing side? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, sort of lengths and lengths of pipes and stainless steel isn't going to solve the, the problems in the dairy sector in Scotland. But I think if, if we take a sort of step back and look at the whole supply chain, the whole concept, you know, manufacturing and processing is really important to any economy. Um, for, for economic growth. Now, we're sitting in Ayrshire this morning, an area that was very strong in coal mining and associated industries, strong supply chains. And up the road, we have Glasgow, 
a city that was built on heavy industry and manufacturing. Now, what manufacturing and processing does, it provides employment, it reduces reliance on a nation of one type of product, it leads to self-sufficiency and non-reliance on imports, so you all, the, the costs attached with importing. And it also does you know, relatively simple things like stimulate transport, communication, construction, roads, railways, um, and ultimately from us, it, it helps the development of agriculture. So it's really important that manufacturing processing is key to a country, and it's something that Scotland, I think, needs to focus on and on across the board. Um, mm. And it's important that we have a strong supply chain right from the cow right through to the consumer in Scotland. And we know it's there. We see Scottish branding. We see the retailers buy-in. We're great at producing milk in Scotland. We've got the, the, the climate. We have the farmer knowledge. We have the infrastructure. It's important we, we join that up. Mm. There is um there's a digital dairy project in southwest Scotland and Cumbria being led by Scotland's Rural College. Um, and that's just been awarded twenty one point three million pounds worth of funding. Um, among a few other things, it's looking at sensing and, and data handling. Um, is that the right focus at the moment, do you think, Stuart? I- <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a very interesting project this one, um, and and a, and a little bit maybe unusual in left field, but you know the headlines on the project are it's going to generate an additional sixty million pound hopefully, um, it will also um, look at long term employment, six hundred new jobs, and have a, a a target around innovation strategy, and this will extend from to twenty thirty beyond, so I think we've got to hope that, that, that there's something in there. Um, as well, you know, if you look at some of the pragmatic solutions it's looking to do, it's looking to decarbonize the region's dairy industry, um, and it's also wanting to, to retrain and, and look at a skilled and innovative workforce. And if you think about what David and I have covered already, these are the two problems we've highlighted. So um, it, it might be an unusual way to deliver it, but I think the project could be very interesting. But I think for me, on, on a ground level, the thing I really like most about this project is, and again, something I think the dairy industry lacks in the UK is collaboration. Not only is this project collaborating with universities and, and, and organisations like NMR and people like that, it's talking to processors, it's talking to guys in Scotland like First Milk, like Talis, Over the Border, Kendall NutriCare. And so you've got to think this is a really strong joined up approach, which should help everybody and ultimately help the primary producer. What are your thoughts on digital dairy, David? So it's a really positive aspirational project um, with a massive amount of potential in this area. Um, Hopefully it's going to pump prime um, some innovation and new product development in this area, I think, which we need, and and maybe focus that towards the export market, which there's a lot of potential. There's only 6 million people in in Scotland, so we probably need to export some of that product abroad. And I think that, you know, the NPD that this um, potentially offers down the line within the project is going to be really required going forward if we're going to see the Scottish milk field maybe expand or prosper. So I think it's, you know, we are sat in one of the Europe's most important milk fields when you bring in north of England, southwest Scotland. Um, we grow a lot of grass here generally, and it's, it's great to have a forage-based sustainable system that's been um, afforded this level of funding to to, to, to decarbonise, as, as Stuart said, uh, and to, to really um, to get those inline efficiencies and connectivity um, that, the, that the proposal's spoken about. So I think it is hopefully going to add value to one of the primary products that we produce in this area, which is cheese. Um, and there's a lot of technology going into going to that side of things with the companies that are involved. 
So hopefully that'll give us the, the potential to, to innovate in these products and produce this sustainable uh, product uh, from, from the grass-based system that we've got here in the southwest of Scotland and the north of England. Mm. Stuart, if, if, if digital dairy is trying to focus on innovation, um, what do you think could offer the best return on investment for dairy in Scotland in, in, in those terms, in terms of innovation? Yeah, I, I think it's quite interesting. I mean, Scotland has has got a couple of gaps. And I listened to the podcast you had earlier in the year where you talked to Paul Grant from the Scottish Dairy Growth Board discussing this. But I think as well, it is interesting that we, we sometimes forget that we do do a lot of good. And, and, and if we go through what Scotland's got just now, you know, at, like Talis and the Stranraer plant, there is a plant producing um, strong established brands above the line that you can see in retails, retailing outlets, and it's a really good product. In something like Graham's Dairies uh, in Bridge of Allen, you have a, a, a company that has changed quite dramatically in the last 20 years and is, is producing a lot of innovative and new product development and, and, and stretching their, their offering into retailer, which is good. And in, in First Milk, you know, if, if Hadrian had been a wee bit lazier, Scotland could have claimed the, the factory at Aspatria. And the fact that it's only <laughs> a few miles over the border um, is it, it, he, neither here nor there. Um, and again, of course, in, in the larger companies in Ireland, Muller, you have processing sites in, in, in Glasgow and, and Lockerbie that are, that are consuming a lot of milk and, and, and doing great projects. So I think it's quite you know, important to stress that. And again, in addition, there's quite a lot of sort of heartwarming, smaller artisan projects going on. And we've seen a lot of rise in Scotland yeah. in farm diversification projects recently. And only yesterday, Scottish government announced um, uh, a, a grant scheme for food and processing marketing grant which is for capital expenditure. And in the past, a lot of um, on-farm processing people have used that. So again, I think it's really important to, to keep focused that there are opportunities there. I think what we need to do, I think there's three things we need to do though. We need to help the existing businesses in Scotland grow. Um, we need to let um, new businesses in Scotland establish. And the one thing that we, we are quite poor at is we need to look at inward investment into Scotland, not, not at the detriment of anybody in here just now. And these new um, firms need to offer something different, something new, something value-added that is going to add value in the supply chain. If we replicate, that does the opposite, and that's not good for anybody. Mm. Would you agree, David? Yeah, I think I'd uh, totally agree with Stuart's comments. One of the things that I probably would bring up um, as potential, I think that's also a subject we've, we've covered in the podcast, is the, the potential of genetics. Um, with some, some fantastic research that came out of you know, the Lion Hill project at Crichton that's been there for, uh, you know, the best part of the things, the oldest running genetics project in the world. Um, you know, those cows down there are doing on the the the, um, the the high genetic merit line are doing over three kilos of solids a day. And with messages like that and the research that's there, surely putting these bits of the jigsaw together um, and improving our efficiency, reducing our carbon footprint and doing it in an environmentally sustainable way are going to tick the boxes in terms of um, what we need to do for the consumer, and then that coupled with NPD to give us the the products that we can put on the in the European and world marketplace as export products from this area. And I think that, you know that's it's a really really strong. It's a fantastic amount of funding that we've got. Um, let's see it well managed and use the strengths that are, that are here in the southwest of Scotland, north of England, to our uh, best of our ability. Mm. And great farmer skills base. At the end of the day, we've got you know fantastic farmers in this area. So yeah, let's uh, use that use that potential together, and, and as Stuart said, collaboratively uh, between the companies and the farmers. So very positive, yeah, very pleased about that. Okay, um, 
Dave, you're at the Gold Cup today at the Sloan family's farm. You know the farm well and what they're aiming to achieve there. Uh, you also know about the general direction of Scottish dairy strategy. Based on all of that, what do you think Scottish dairy farmers will take away from today? I think everybody will agree that the Sloan family are very, very committed um, to what they've been doing. I mean, they've, they've farm there. I visited Bryce uh, about two months ago, walked around his farm with him. And he was telling me the family background, when they came to the farm, what the farm was like, how they built it up, um, how they've um, embraced technology. Um, I think one of the things that really strike people today, and it's, it's excellent to see, is the high standards of stockmanship and welfare that are on the unit. Um, you know, fantastic um, accommodation for cows, excellent calf unit, um, using forage, um, really good high levels of forage in the diet, homegrown forage in the diet, homegrown feeds in the diet, a very sustainable system. So I was really, you know, um, thrilled to see that when I went went and walked around the cows with him. His cows look fantastic. Um, so that's been a really good, I think. But the other thing is they've used that technology to enhance their efficiency. Um, they're one of the first round here to adopt that robotic system. And it's almost a kind of a modular system with the four robots and 250 cows, which can be replicated. And indeed, we're seeing that across the, you know, the, the southwest of Scotland, units cropping up like that. And these units, I think, are, are really good in terms of um, how farmers or um, employees operate it within them. Um, it's a different type of job. Um, than getting up and milking the cows twice a day or three times a day. Um, it offers um, a different type of lifestyle. And I think that's really attractive. And I think we're going to see a really best practice example of, of, of that today that offers, you know, labour, which we're very short of, um, that flexibility. Um, and it's, a, you know, the, you need to have that, um, embrace that technology to get there. I think the most importantly at the centre of all this is a family that's been very, very dedicated and it's great. Um, it was the 1970s, the last time that the Gold Cup was in Scotland. I think it was 1972, the year I was born. Um, but it, um, it's fantastic to see it back in Scotland and, and hopefully we'll see it again return soon up here. So congratulations to the family. They've done a fantastic job. Yeah, well, no, I'm sure you'll all have a brilliant day today. And, and Ben and I aren't jealous at all, are we, Ben? Um, Not at all. I'd much rather be on the AFL on the mind today. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's all we have time for because we've got to let you all uh, go off to the Gold Cup. But a very big thank you to our guests today, Stuart Martin, David Keeley and Chris Walkland. Yeah, I hope you all have a really good day, guys, today. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on the usual Friday next week. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from all of us here. <laughs>